You're listening to Bell, Book, and Candle with Mela Borowski. Thoughts from a Southern Witch. Should have studied witchcraft. Should have learned to ride a broom. So me and my black cat could fly through the skies underneath the moon. Hey, y'all. I'm Mella, the Southern Belle in Bell Book and Candle. Glad you're here with us. Our guest today is Himanish Goel. Himanish not only provides career advice, but he helps people use spirituality and breathing techniques for their next big thing. He guides them to understand the effects of positivity, how to use breathing exercises, and how to deepen their belief in the connectivity of the universe. I'm so looking forward to chatting with you, Himanish. Welcome. Yeah, thank you, Mela. It's a pleasure being on this show. So some people are spiritual on special occasions, and some people use spirituality to try and get favors from the universe. But myself, I'm a huge believer that my spirituality is just part of my everyday life. So I'm not a witch just on full moons and holidays. I'm a witch and a pagan every hour of every day. (laughs) How do you see your own personal spirituality? My own spirituality, I see from the frame of helping me stay focused on the present so that I can achieve what is to come in the future or something that I don't know of that will come in the future and to learn from the past experience so that I can implement what I currently have in my hands. Because the present is a very hard box to stay in because looking to the future looks really fun. Looking at the past is really daunting in terms of just looking at the mistakes we've made so i just try to make sure i stay within that present timeline because when you're in that moment it helps you focus on both aspects of the timeline in positive attributes okay i saw on linkedin that you are a hindu correct yep i am a hindu I am so curious. I have a couple questions for you. So the the first one actually came up the other day with someone. We've got this huge umbrella that I feel like I'm under of earth-based spiritual belief, but I've been told that Hinduism does not fall under the same sort of umbrella that my beliefs fall under. I think maybe pagan has bad connotations, but pagans believe in gods and goddesses. We're very earth and nature oriented. The connection with everything in the universe is one of our prime beliefs. What do you think about that? Do you see Hinduism as something other than paganism? Paganism, is that some sort of, is that like a worship or? It's basically just an uh, umbrella term for earth-based spirituality. So you've got shamanism is under there, uh, Native American spirituality. So any kind of spiritual path or religion that has gods and goddesses or some sort of aspects like that, and they're very earth-based, that's how I was taught that a pagan is. But I was told recently that Hinduism is not considered paganism. So that's why I'm just wondering. Yeah. I feel like... Pagan has bad juju on it, like the word (laughs) pagan. (laughs) Hinduism, they are different images that we worship. So like there are a lot of gods that we can believe in. There's not just one central god that we put our thoughts and beliefs in. And that's because I think of the diversity approach we have. Just being, it's like a community that we're trying to create. Just trying to spread our thoughts to anyone we can so that we so that we can help anyone in their struggling or high uh, high times Mm. but 
yeah you know we we have gods who have the skin tone color of blue to anywhere of like the brown paints a uh, pale skin color and um yeah and i mean it's just that they our history is really rich because we were known as the um I know the Indian saying of it, but I don't know what what's the uh, Ameri- how do you, what's the American version of it? It's 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 called Sony Kicheria, uh, which is mean this. I think it's called the City of Gold, but I'm not I'm not as sure because that that's what we were known as in our India was known as in their history before the the British went for the gold. So yeah, that was our kind of called the Golden Bird. Yeah, we were con- we were called the Golden Bird. That was our name, and a lot of the times, the myth between us being called India or the um, just the name of our country was called something before that because of the British having a hard time pronouncing the name. That's what we assume because a lot of the times, people in those old days used to call the country as uh, Bharat. That's what we were called as, but because of the British, a lot of things have changed. So I mean, and a lot of the victories that we've had have been from the multiple forms of God. You know, we've we've had some really big battles in the older in the in like the in like the BC times to gaining our independence. I don't remember the exact date, but somewhere around like the 90s or 80s. Mm, okay. For pagans, we have various gods as well. In fact, under paganism, it's very rare for somebody to have one god like you would see in Christianity or something. So right now behind me on my altar, I've got something for the god Pan. I've got something for the god the Morrigan for Maka. So that's why I kind of feel like we're kind of on the, the same sort of page, maybe a different path, but the same sort of page. But about appropriation, if somebody that is not hindu is worshiping or honoring a hindu god or goddess do you think that that's a bad thing because i know someone who has an altar to lakshmi and honors her no there's no like bad or good approach into like what gods you believe in i feel like the whatever one that's comfortable to you that's the approach that we take in the the hindu society so if you find a Lakshmi Mata is someone you want to put your belief and thoughts and worries all into, then you put into that. People pick the gods that they feel like they're comfortable sharing their uh, thoughts with because they know what's going in the back of your mind and they know who you are as a person. But if you want to ask the, um, the gods that are more popular, I would have to say it's Vishnu, Krishna, and... Uh, Ganesh, Ganeshji. Those are kind of the three popular gods that folks tend to go and put their beliefs in. Mm-hmm. And some are even like Ram and Lakshman or Hanuman. But those, you know, those are the three main ones because those gods are like the three main creators of the world. Mm-hmm. One rule in the in the Hinduism culture is you cannot worship the creator, which is Brahmaji, because I, there is some saying about that that if you worship him, it's it's like some, there's some omen to it or around mm. that fact, but I don't know the exact details on yeah. that, but you just, but you can worship any other God. Okay. I really appreciate you taking the time to answer these questions, but let's talk about positivity. So what do you think happens or what have you seen happen when we live a more positive focused life? 
So when we live a more positive life, where we're not kind of putting ourselves in a bad state of manner, because positivity is one about the way your body language is, your words, which is a really huge connotation, because that that represents that how friendly is that person or how approachable is that person. And a lot of the times, the words you use is what the universe brings back to you. You know, if you're more of someone who uses foul language more often, that's what's going to come back to you. More of those types of words, but just negativity. But if you're someone who just keeps regretting the past that I wish I had done that, I wish I had done this, then you're never going to get your goals done in the future because you're regretting what you'd already done. But if you're someone who's using words like "I hope I do this" or "I wish I would I would be able to do this," then you're just worried about the future, and it just never happens. So there's no bad effect. Just not, you know, more unexpected things will happen in your aura or state. But it's the words that really that's a really tricky、uh, game to play with because you have to stay within the present tense context of saying like "I know I will" because. Even if you aren't able to approach it, if you end up saying that, you will eventually approach it. And when the universe decides that okay, he's been consistent with it, he actually wants it. When it decides to come back, it will come back with a ten-time effect, which means no one will be will be able to stop it. So、mm-hmm. positivity can deal with a lot of things, but it's the first steps of whether you're someone who's in a really bad state where. Because I've seen folks where they come out. I've seen folks who've come out of college and they've not finished it. They're really they get they get sick every semester or whatever the scenario is, and and they have dreams and goals and they have things that they want to complete, but they've just not finished education because either they had been partying too much or they're not they'd been focusing, but they just get sick. And so I tell them, I like to go by the saying where if you give too many tasks, even the simplest ones won't get started. So I start with the very basic task, which is try to start with saying positive words or just being positive of what's going to happen. Because the moment you get into the negative rhythm, it comes out like a like a venom.、Mm. And so from there, and it depends on the clients. Some are already pretty positive. They just are down about the fact that they can't either find a job or they can't find a position or they can't get into this Ivy League school. Then I use a different approach with them, which is starting with them in the breathing technique, so the meditation space. Some people have body issues where they are extremely stiff, or like they're extremely, you know, weight issues, and so I try to tell them to do yoga to help them keep the mind at center, because all of these are ways of improving your life. And I and I have some folks where they'll like the breathing and meditation space that they want to do something that's more in the physical exercise realm, and so I tell them to do the the yoga aspect because. Yoga is beneficial in two ways because one, it's the only physical exercise that works the body and the soul and mind at the、mm-hmm. same time. And also, this is like actual experience that I've seen. If you do it over a period of time, like very consistent and persistent about it, like every day you take up thirty minutes for it in the morning before you go to work or before you go to school, whatever your scenario is, it builds up a lot of energy that have, that when you get older. You still have, you know, whenever you go on the streets or you go see,、uh, or you go meet someone like who's in the in their like age of like seventy or whatnot,、mm-hmm. and you'll see some of them very active and trying to motivate the youth in the offices or outside, and you'll、right. see ones who are very down. 
the ones who are very like talkative and just still motivated in life at such an old age they have a lot of energy in them some of that can either be from personality but the ones who've built it from yoga that's one of the re- that's some of the things it can do like mm. my my mom's dad he's he's like 70 75 and i mean he's definitely retired but when he came to the US i just remember me my mom and my brother when i go play tennis and he was just watching us and i was playing against too and so he just pitched in and he said i'll just play for 10 15 minutes and we're like okay you know when there's an older folk you tend to want to go slow because yeah. you know we <laughs> he said he said no play at the same pace and mm. i was like okay and he was literally playing like the old version of rafael nadal i don't i don't not so ex- i'm not like an expert in tennis but you kind of get what i mean like a professional uh-huh. tennis player but like the old version of him wow like, he was running from side to side he was <laughs> i was like what like what is going on <laughs> and so this all happens because he explained me that when you do yoga you build so much energy even if you haven't run a single mind of life you've not done anything it gives you that much energy to do in your life and that is someone you want to be at the age of 70 you know you don't you don't want to be sitting on a on a wheelchair trying to be like right. oh my god i i enjoyed my days when i was young and now i'm having to sit here you know you have a lot more left in that in that matter of fact so it sounds like it's a the fountain of youthful energy yeah yeah and and i mean it also gives a lot of energy even in your youth as well mm. like i've seen kids started at the age of 10 and i've seen one kid where he's 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 still a client of mine he's 17 all he needs to do is hold a book and he's able to read the first three chapters in his mind without even opening it wow that i mean that you know you take it to the next step but that's he opened his third eye uh, chakra so that keeps you aware of your surroundings and and can literally develop knowledge like never before but i mean he tends to enjoy reading books because that's just something which he's uh done over time mm-hmm. but that's just a skill set he has and he uses it for other things you know when it comes to reading his notes or important papers but he does it usually manually because the more manual work you do the bigger the development in terms of knowledge so and i tell folks even if you're in the age of 40 or 50 you're still not late because you even if you can get through like 5 or 6 years that's still beneficial and that even only like 5 or 10 minutes like i tell folks if you can't provide 1 hour or less or even 30 minutes or less or 15 minutes or less of like some sort of meditation breathing techniques to calm yourself down or any type of sport or exercise you're not as busy because then there's something else going on because you need that one hour to yourself to like physically or mentally keep the mind at, at ease mm-hmm. so yeah that that's my because it keeps you active on your toes okay so you mentioned the third eye chakra and that's where i kind of consider my psychic and intuitive gifts to be so the third eye is really important in success correct yeah but yeah because there there are seven chakras the crown chakra the third eye chakra the throat chakra heart chakra the solar plexus chakra the sacral chakra and the root chakra mm-hmm. so third eye chakra is mostly intuition and imagination mm-hmm. so this is one between the eyebrows and 
folks who have trouble listening or who are not kind of in touch with their intuition also have a block. So when you open it, the folks that have been able to open that chakra are, are easily able to follow their intuition and can see the bigger picture, like in terms of what do they want to do. Yeah. So and Because, you know, a lot of the times what I've seen is the thing we as humans might think is the right option for us is not always. Like a big example is Denzel Washington. He was he went to school in University of Pennsylvania and he was trying to go more into the health side. Mm. And he changed from one major to another to another. And eventually it came down to the university saying that, you know, it might be best for him to kind of take a, a break from one of the semesters. And so, you know, when a university says that, you don't really feel so happy after right. that. <laughs> but he didn't know where he was going to go. But he went to his mom's barbershop or whatnot. And the there was a spiritual lady who told him that you're going to speak to millions of people. And now... He's like someone which like mm. kind of like an idol or like a yeah. legend of course. So, you know, I mean, in, in that case, he did get lucky, but they've also been very big failures that end up to turn up big successes later in the year. Like mm. Apple kicked out Steve Jobs, the guy who created his own company, they kicked him out of his own company. And then he created Pixar and like, I think he created like a next level or something. Mm. And then they hired him back and now he's made Apple more than a tycoon but a tech wizard kind yeah, of yeah. so it's like sometimes it's better to go with the options because if you're very stuck to the just i just want to go into this industry then it might be extremely hard because that industry that you think you like might not be what you really think it is in reality mm. so um that is something that I've seen a lot. But yeah, in terms of the chakra, that's what thir the third eye is. Okay. I mean, if you want, I can go over like a brief explanation as to like, what do the others want me? Yeah, if you'd like to do that, go for it. So I mean, so the third eye is between the eyebrows and it's the, the meaning of it, like, because when it comes to long sentences, folk tend to forget if the basic meaning of the third eye chakra is intuition and imagination. Okay. The, at the very top is a crown chakra, which is located at the very top of the head. And its basic meaning is awareness and intelligence. Mm -hmm. So it's it's linked to the other chakras, but it's kind of considered the chakra of enlightenment and it represents our connection to our life's purpose and spirituality. Mm -hmm. So if it's blocked, that means you may be narrow-minded, skeptical, and a bit stubborn when if and this is when the chakra is blocked when you have opened the chakra that means that you're kind of an enlightened person someone who's wanting to help folks you know help the community kind of a like that mindset yeah. so it it opens it's kind of like the main if there's any chakra that you want to open first it's the crown chakra that's the one that opens like a five percent key to all the other ones because it's kind of like the main system. Mm. But the throat chakra is located at the throat. From the name you could tell. But <laughs> it, its main meaning is communication. Mm. So it's this chakra is mostly connected to having you verbally communicate. So if you've ever seen someone who's scared of presentations or putting their voice out there, 
this chakra is the one that would be blocked for them. So voice or throat problems or anything where they're having to present themselves in is a blockage. That's why those folks, their teeth, gums, and mouth tend to hurt a lot because、mm-hmm. there's like an、uh, misalignment, and they tend to run away from dominating conversations, and because they have a problem with speaking without thinking,、mm-hmm. because they don't know what to say before having thought about it, and that、okay. they also have trouble speaking their mind as well. But、mm-hmm. when it's in alignment and they've opened it up. They will speak and listen with compassion, and they feel more confident about when they speak it because they know they're true to themselves and their words.、Mm-hmm. So that's, I mean, in terms of if you have communication problems, this is the chakra you'd want to most likely open. You know, you've seen,、yeah. you, you've always met folks who will ramble on and they don't know where to stop, and you'll <laughs> tend to want to like they tend to kind of like bore the audience at one point. <laughs> I mean, you know, I've I've experienced those with other folks, but. At one point, it needs to, you know, end up getting cut off. So that this is one that would definitely help them. Okay. But then comes the heart chakra, which is the center of the chest, which is above the heart, and this is the basic meaning the, is like love and compassion. The blocks of this is physical health. So when this is blocked, that means the individuals having a lot of heart problems, asthma, and weight issues. This one's a little bit tricky because there's a lot of like it. It's if it's disconnected, then it, it, there's some type of a gap between like the upper and lower chakras, and in terms of like the representing our ability to love and connect with others. But、mm-hmm. when it's out of line, it makes us feel lonely and insecure and isolated. But when it is、uh, in alignment, it does. It makes us want to、uh, pour out our love and connect with others who have who have a meaning or who have a relationship with us, or just connecting with new folks. Then comes the solar plexus chakra, which is the upper abdomen in the stomach area. And this, the main meaning of this one is self-esteem and confidence. So, if there's a blockage in this one, that means that folk is mostly experiencing digestive issues,、mm-hmm. and in terms of like heartburn, eating disorders, indigestion. And so, this chakra, it has a lot to do with self-esteem and confidence once it's open. So the sacral chakra is below the belly button, just above the pubic bone, and this meaning is more pleasure and creativity. And what this chakra is, when it's not in alignment, the problems that you'll see are mostly around infections, lower back pain,、uh, impotency. So this. It's mostly connected towards the feelings of self-worth,、mm-hmm. and the self-worth of pleasure and creativity. Once this is open, it kind of opens that domain of being more creative and having pleasure with life or whatnot. So that's the sac. And then the last one is the the root chakra, which is the base of the spine and the tailbone area,、mm-hmm. and this is physical identity and stability and grounding. So、okay. if this is blocked, this has physical issues、uh, in their arthritis, constipation, cologne problems, and emotionally they feel insecure、mm-hmm. and basic needs as a well-being. But when it's open, they feel grounded and secure, both physically and emotionally. So you know, in ground into into be grounded, not like grounding like you've been grounded for a week for playing video games.、Yeah. Like, <laughs> grounded and secure means. To be at firm and to like, you've seen folks where 
their body tends to like go from side to side or like it just moves around a lot grounding means you're able to find your way around mm. and a good type of example i'd like to give is folks who've read a lot of manga and like naruto you'll see that a lot of them walk on trees that's because their feet are grounded from the root chakra mm. that's one of the ways i like to put it as um but you know in terms of the history of chakras it's grown because of the popularity of yoga and the new age philosophies because yeah. these are sacred texts in the vedas from like 15 to 1000 bc so this is something which which you know, this is like history we're talking about at mm-hmm. this point but yeah i mean uh, enough of me going on but well i appreciate you explaining those because i i use the chakras in my work a lot it's very important to me i help people unblock them but a lot of people have no clue why they even need to worry about it so i think that's right. wonderful that you explained all of those i want to ask you about toxic positivity so can you be so positive all the time that you're not handling things in your life that you need to be handled or you're becoming inauthentic When I think of toxic positivity I'm talking about people who you know maybe they need to take care of something that's affecting them or they just kind of pretend that everything's okay instead of dealing with things like let's say they have an issue with their partner and they just instead of saying hey let's sit down let's figure out what's going on they they say oh everything's fine no it's all fine and they gotcha. avoid that sort of thing so i feel like with everything mm-hmm. you can go too far and so even with po- positivity i feel like you can go too far yeah yeah okay so toxic positivity can hurt or help a lot of folks and mm-hmm. that's a lot with a lot of the current relationships at least in the millennial time because there are some examples i've experienced with my clients and outside of that because a lot of the millennials i mean this is even including me they want the perfect world which is shown in in like the media presence or just mm. from what they've been exposed to you know yeah. when you see a disney or like a fairy tale you see everything perfect and nothing going wrong right but that's just media and that's yeah. and that's why media is so 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 powerful and because of that millennials think that that can happen in the real life mm-hmm. but but that's not true because humans have a blunder of emotions which mean that you know some days are going to be ex- extremely exciting some are going to be really bad and you just the days that are bad you have to manage them and the days that are extremely happy or you go with you're just overexcited you you know you calm that down and you know you can definitely be overexcited but you know being at a balance i like to call things at a seesaw you don't want too much on one side you don't want too much on the other you want it to be balanced and that's where the it's really hard to keep it at that stable balance but yeah, yeah toxic positivity can hurt it it has hurt relationships yeah and it and it has benefited some relationships at the same time but mm. when there's a problem going on a lot of the times a guy or a girl you know i'm not just going to pick on one gender because it it can happen from any from any personality because it's all it's depends on the personality of the person it's not based on the gender a lot of the times folks who tend to say positive cannot take too much stress or guilt or just 
angry or just bad feelings mm -hmm. because experience for guilt or being sad or angry has them feel uncomfortable and so for them to get out of that box they just recite positive quotes about hard situations and pretty much when they're outside they or wherever they are they just dismiss other difficult feelings because they don't want to be get into that trap right and they hide the painful emotions they ignore any problems or and that's where uh issues like rents that are due bills that are due mm -hmm. uh bank accounts that are due important emails uh for uh important emails that that they don't want to respond to and emotions that they have to go through in order to understand something they just put it in the back closet yeah. you know and not understanding the fact that if you're on a bench and someone is heartbroken trying to help them get out of that is not their thing because they just don't want to be in that uh, spot exactly yeah. so it you know i i can see their perspective of it you know that it it's it is really hard to to experience or just you know have that at the back of the mind but you just it's it's a part of life you know you're going to have it's like a roller coaster mm -hmm. you're going to have it, you know any example a roller coaster a stock market you know yeah. you don't see apple always up they also right. have their down days just no one talks about it yeah Every, everyone only talks about the positive things and a good tip that i've noticed in that i've realized like uh this last year was at the beginning of the pandemic you go on instagram you go on snapchat anything you will never see anyone posting a bad photo or something of a mm. bad moment there's always <laughs> we're at the beach we're over here we're with our friends we're having this coffee we watched a movie we will be Right. We went on this road trip. We graduated. We got this. There might be some folks that put the bad moments. Very few. It's a very few percentage because yeah. Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, all these big social media companies just want to promote the positive moments because if they start promoting the bad moments, that's how is their business going to run. Mm-hmm. But that. You know, that's a whole nother conversation of like the yeah. dopamine effect of depression and whatnot. But oh, yeah. it, that's how I think of it from the question okay. that you asked. Well, what do you do when you get stressed or anxious? So it would one have to depend on this, the situation and mm -hmm. the place. You know, if the place is at home and the situation is very, it's a very mild stress, like, you know, not something to worry about or... It's it's an extreme stress, you know, physical or like a physical body or just a, something from a family member's perspective, like really critical. And if this is all the location at home, then I tend to just find a room and put meditation music and do my breathing techniques in there for five to ten minutes and get out of it. And that rest of the day, I'm just listening to focus music on my headphones and doing my work. Okay. Because it helps me get out of that situation because a lot of the times when you hear that thing like oh i fell off a bike you're like oh my god nothing's going to happen you know it's like all of a sudden all the bad connotation that oh he's done this and that it's like there's always an option and if we say negative connotations that same event will happen again just bigger this time mm -hmm. so i tend to just say you know it's all fine we'll heal it up I heal it up and I just do my meditation and not think about that moment mm -hmm. and then that way 
I never have to say the word. So like, you know, kind of drop the, drop the hint. I've been doing this for a very long time. I mean, from the research perspective and from just implementing the practices myself mm-hmm. that I it's kind of gotten to like the habit of it. And, mm-hmm. and there, I mean, there was an organization that I joined when I first started and like, when I was learning the, the fundamental knowledge from eighth grade to 10th grade. But even though I left them around my end of 12th grade year, I'm looking and joining them back because I've now done my own research because of my own interests. I've got the, the knowledge from them and got the experience from them by traveling into five different locations. And from that, I think I'm ready to just help the community again. I mean, the, the, that's just, the, that was like definitely a side conversation, but in terms of the question, yeah, that's what I would do. If that's at home, sometimes I'll do yoga if I really feel like I need to move out the body. But if the location and that if suppose a stress drop is outside, you know, at an yeah. event, at a party or at like a graduation party of someone else's and mm-hmm. you're having to speak in 10 minutes and I'm <laughs> getting the news 15 minutes, you know, we've always experienced that. We're about to go on stage. Five minutes later, someone tells us, oh, you know, your son fell off the roof. It's like mm-hmm. you have to go on stage and you have to hear the news. And so how do I take that approach? Because there's some folks who will tend to be quiet and not tell you, but the ones who do, a lot of the times you want to tell them, why did you tell me? But a lot of the times, what I try to do is I take that thought and put it on the side table as like something to think about at home. Like I put it in a different bucket to think about later, because if I start churning on that, I'm not going to be able to focus on what I have coming, the where I am at currently in my moment. Right because you can't spoil that event for 50 people for something that has happened to you. And really it goes back to what you were talking about before about being very mindful in the present and just doing what you need to do in that present moment. And I love the idea of just putting it in a bucket and you know, when you get home, (laughs) take it out and deal with it then. Yeah, that's true because otherwise I've seen folks in parties where, or in events, or just, you know, even in the universities where they'll just hang on to things and yeah. it's like, it drags on. Because the, the thing is that, that folks also trying to enjoy the event, mm-hmm. but you're dragging it on and you're making it look miserable for them that when they shout it out, it, that event tends to spoil out. And that's how a lot of groups break, where mm-hmm. if there's like a five person group and it becomes a 10 person group from one fight, they will not include those two people, but those eight will go out by themselves because millennials don't want to see conflict. Mm. And that's something which is very wrong because some understand it, that there's going to be a balance of everything uh, due to the, either from the parents explaining them that, or they've learned it from themselves. And there are the other 50% where their parents have taught them something else, or they've, or they've never seen that experience, or they've never seen that side because they've only seen the perfect world that they they don't want to be in those types of uh, situations. I tend to think in either situations, if it's even in a, in a manner where you put it on the side bucket, but that other person who's in the party keeps reminding you about it. And yeah. you've seen those folks where they'll, they'll give you those small hints because they're trying to drag it and they want to hit your red buttons. Yeah. And yeah. You, you, I mean, we all tend to hate those people, but... <laughs> For me, what I've had to experience that 
quite a bit. In those situations, ignoring them constantly will not help because when something like that hap- when something like that happens again, it'll play the repeat button.、Mm. So, in that scenario, what's worked for me is I tend to say positive connotations in my head, like like it's like a You know those tennis balls that come at a rapid pace, and there's people who、uh, um, the tennis ball machine where they hit, they they're just hitting on themselves at different corners. That's how I'm shooting my positive words.、Mm. And what I'll do is, I will try to say so many good things about them that they forget. Ah. So now I'm turning the tables on them, which is now they don't remember. So when you tend to be nice to the other person. And this is with everyone. When when you be nice with anyone, they tend to blush. They tend to be happy about it. They, they tend to feel important. That as humans, we'll tend to forget what the last thought was, and we'll be like, "What was it?" And it just disappears. Yeah, it diffuses the situation.、It、diffuses the situation exactly. So then now they're in the present, and everything settled. It came a time when I learned that turn the tables around when things aren't working. The way you expected it to be, because you'll be surprised how the other person feels.、Mm. Yeah, that's great. I really love that you are younger, that you are bringing <laughs> a millennial type view. Because I'm—I'll be fifty this year. <laughs> <laughs> My children are millennials, and so I don't always see the perspective of the world from their view. So that's really great because I have a lot of listeners that are millennials. So thank you for bringing that perspective, and thank you for being here. Where can we keep in touch with you? Yeah, so you know, folks that have found this inspiring, or you know, I need this guy, I need my my kids to follow him. <laughs> you can find me on LinkedIn by typing my name. You can find me on Reddit, and you can type in my last name G O E L H all lowercase. When I started out at VCU, I created like a personal portfolio page called 3G Photos and Videos, where I was putting out my own content in terms of photography, like a side passion. I mean, you can look at the work of that on Instagram and Facebook, and I'm even on those platforms, but I'm not as active. But if you want to like look, take a look at my content. That's another place to、okay. observe. But I'm mostly the best place would be、uh, LinkedIn and Reddit. Awesome! Thank you so much for joining us today, Himanish. Yeah, definitely. It was a pleasure being here. And I'd really love to hear what our listeners think about this episode. You can go to the podcast website and comment right on this episode with your thoughts and questions. You can even click that little microphone, send me a voice message, and I might just use it on a future episode. Take care, and y'all be blessed. Thank you all for listening to Bell Book and Candle. You can follow Mella on Instagram and Facebook at Bell Book Candle SC. That's Bell B E L L E. Or become a patron at Patreon.com/forward/slash Bell Book Candle.